Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing you the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. Uh, He's the one that puts all these things together and makes sure they go out each and every week. Also, thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, to allow us to intrude in your day. All that is good about this podcast, I want to give credit to Elijah. Anything that's bad, I'll take full responsibility. If you want to learn anything more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church, crosswinds.church. I am so excited to have the largest group we've ever had on the podcast up to this point. Um, There is literally, uh, what, six of us? One, two, three. Eight of us, I can't count, eight of us uh, who are going to be a part of this podcast. I have a missions trip that went from Crosswinds to Zambia um, with us, and because there's a larger number than normal, um, we're just going to go around and introduce ourselves, and, and you sort of can recognize the voices as we go from there. I'm Krista Cooper, and I also want to give a special shout out to Missy Numir, um, who isn't able to join us today. So you're not both of those people? I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm David Young. I'm Blake Ennis. Cheryl Payne. And I'm David Payne. I'm Marty Ladd. Hi, I'm Melissa Briette. And again, I'm so excited that they have agreed uh, to be a part of this podcast and uh, to share a little bit about their experience. Um, But before we actually jump into um, how they ended up being a part of the team and going to Zambia and some of the experiences they had there, as well as how we as a as Crosswinds or anyone else actually who's listening um, can help uh, with the ministry there at Children's Nest. I'm going to ask Blake. Blake uh, co-led the team, led the team, however you want to put it. Uh, she was gracious enough to, to jump in and uh, help the team uh, head over there and uh, do the work of ministry while they were on the ground and head back. Um, but would you talk a little bit about the relationship? Um, Obviously, it's a Crosswinds Unleashed podcast, so there's the Crosswinds Church, but we're connected with Lulangilo and Children's Nest. So talk a little bit about that connection so people can get sort of a context of, of this trip and how, how it came about. Well, I would say it went. It goes back 10 to 12 years ago when John and Aaron Stevens um, were pastors here and on staff here at Crosswinds, and Aaron talked her husband, John, into going to a year missions trip with World Hope. And they ended up in Choma, Zambia. And as Aaron would walk from the compound where they stayed, the the World Hope compound, and they'd walk into town, she would see these babies being held by women on this house, porch house, right? And she started talking to them. And the shorter story is that um, she realized that these were two different sites of orphans that were starting to be cared for, um, coming out of the AIDS crisis, right, in the, that was plaguing Africa. So Erin um, became friends with them and started partnering with them, and her heart and vision were just grabbed by the care of the orphans. And so um, over the years, different organizations came in and helped. Um, Different people were found to house the orphans in different places. And um, we ended up at a compound up the road, um, maybe about a mile walk away from where Aaron and John were staying. And, And now it's a complete 
compound with over 70 orphans being cared for. So when it started out, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. even know this, um, there was no compound. There was no compound. They were in two different houses. The babies were in one house being cared by one woman, and then the few um, older children that were just maybe in their toddler years, and maybe a few older children were in a house um, maybe a mile or so away. So in just over a decade, it's yes. grown from not having a compound to yes. how many people now work on site there in Zambia, in Choma, Zambia? Oh my goodness. When you think of all the aunties and the uncles, um, our director and his wife, we now have a school there. So now we have a school master and a teacher. So there's um, two, um, I'd say about 20 people now are That's employed That's amazing. Just full-time. over a decade. Yes, over a decade. Wow. In a fully wow. enclosed compound with that is protected and has um, at least six structures compared to two. Now, I don't want to jump the gun here because I know everyone's going to be sharing their stories, but with that compound, is that, does that include the farm? No. So the farm is a separate project. The farm is a separate project um, up in the... Um, the country. <laughs> <laughs> so within a d- decade then, all of that has taken place. All of that has taken place. Wow, talking about God's favor. It's un- Every year we just pinch ourselves and think, look what God has done. And the school is what, just just a year old? Yes. Yeah. Not even that, right? Yeah, not even, right? Because it started construction. Well, it's interesting. It was just about a year ago that the need was really realized, and here we are with the school master and a school teacher and a school building and children. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's dig in a little bit. Uh, like, the whole team is here except for Missy, but one of the questions that I thought would be, would be interesting for people to listen to so they can process sort of the way that God speaks to them, is how did you end up going? Like, what was it that that moved you to go? How did you hear about it? Um, Chris, I'll pick on you first. Uh, if you'd share a little bit about how that came about for you. You wrangled me. I wrangled you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but he, Craig did come to me about a year ago and said, you know, we're thinking about taking this trip, and I'm looking for a co-leader, and kind of like dropping big hints, you know, and I'm like in the beginning of the school year, like I can't handle one more thing. And then I had a friend share with me um, about um, a younger person in her life that passed away. And um, I feel like God used that as a catalyst of her, you know, just realizing that life is short and um, this is a huge opportunity that I could, I could take advantage of. And, um, not to confuse, you know, safe living with godly living. And um, I thought, why not? What do I have to lose, right? Um, I feel like God's opening the door. I'm going to walk through it and see where he takes us. And I, I think, ended up in Zambia. You know, I think at first I, I said, would you go on the trip? And then when you said <laughs> you'd go on the trip, I said, great, would you co-leave? And it really worked out well. So <laughs> that was great. That was great. Um, Dave, share a little bit of how, how you ended up there. Um yeah, so I've known about Children's Nest and Lulangilo for pretty much since inception, seeing how the director, Aaron, is my sister-in-law. So <laughs> familiarity with it all has is, is been there. Um, but how I ended up on the trip was, uh, surprisingly, I was going through a really hard time in my life. I was probably at one of the bottom barrel points, uh, really going through a hard time. 
And it was when the school was kind of coming to fruition and getting done. Uh, a mentor of mine uh, who works with Lulu Gilo happened to go over, he and his wife. And he came back from that trip and personality was very different. After he came back, he's a very serious individual and he came back smiling, which is just a very odd thing for this person. Um, but he was my mentor and I was working with him on a regular basis and he said, hey, if this opportunity arises, I think it'd be really healthy and really good for you. It'd be good for you as an individual. It'd be good for your family. It'd be good across the board if you get involved. Um, so I told him I'd think about it. I ignored it for probably about two months. And then a couple months passed after that and kind of came back up in conversation. And then the announcement came out at church. And I was like, well, okay, I'll go to the information meeting. And then... Aaron was like, oh, you're going, right? Because it's who she is. And so I ended up saying yes. <laughs> and so, um, but it was actually, it turned out to be very good. Like my mentor said, it was very good for me just physically, emotionally, spiritually of like kind of honing in on reinvigorating some of the call that he knew I had that I didn't know I had and focusing on actually what's important in life. Now, Blake, you weren't originally, Aaron was supposed to go. Right. But couldn't go. Um, right. Because of some issues. She's from Canada, here in the U.S., and I, I, don't, I don't know why it seems so difficult for Canadians in the U.S., but uh, it can be. Right. And so you jumped in. So how did that happen? Um, I jumped in because I'm, on the, I'm um, a board member of Lou Longilo here in the States, and I have such a heart. I've been there many times before, from the beginning, almost on. And so my husband, I looked at my husband and I said, so Aaron may not be able to go, so can I go in six weeks? Mm -hmm. And he goes, Ugh. like, he never could not, he could he could say no, but I don't think it would work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, my heart is, half my heart is in Zambia, so... I was ready to go. Well, Krista was really happy when when she found out that you were going because it looked like it was just going to be the team, and she thought, "I've never been there before." Mm -hmm. So yep. that was that was such a god yep. moment that you, it was. you said yes, and, and we're able to do that. So thank you so much for being a part of that, David and Cheryl. You, you're sort of married. Your story is sort of unique. Um, I've already heard it, but for many of the people, they may not have heard it. So please share with us uh, your story of how you ended up on the trip. Well, I was. Yeah, came out of the blue, um, sitting out here waiting for the service to start. They had an, I think they had something up on the screen and an announcement was made, and just the Lord took my heart and just really <clears throat> grabbed it to a point where I actually started crying, and that doesn't really happen to me at all that much. And um, so I knew God wanted me to look into that, and uh, so I thought I'd talk to Cheryl. That was my first step. So I'm going to back up a little bit. I told a couple of the ladies in Zambia, some, David and I have been married 32 years, and during our premarital counseling, David has always had a heart for missions. I mean, when I uh, met him and um, you know decided we were going to get married and went to the counseling, um, the pastor had told me, you know, he has a heart for missions. So at some point, if God ever decides to move him to missions, you're going to have to know that you're going to go with him. <laughs> You're going to be willing to be open to this if God wants you to go. So um, 
that was um, a part of it that, you know, David has always been that way. And, and we actually were planning that when we first were married. But then when our uh, son was born, Daniel, with special needs, then, um, you know, a missions board, that's just a very difficult thing to handle medical needs with a special needs child. So when David came in uh spoke to me. I wasn't at that original meeting, so I didn't, I didn't feel that strong emotional pull, but I knew God was knocking on my heart. It's time. And all the things in our life that he has built in us has prepared us for this time. So um, I just, you know, didn't have to pray much about it, that God spoke, said, yes, this is, I want you to go. Wow. 30-some years in the making. That's right. Wow. Marty, how about you? Um, well, it, it kind of just fell into my lap. I was at one of the um, church services. I've been uh, um, coming to the church for about four years, and uh, just made mention that it was uh, real quick, and I always wanted to do uh, some type of missionary work. Um, I'm a mechanical kind of guy, and I was always thinking about like digging a well or something on that port. Uh, when I got, to, I came into the meeting, I think the meeting already was like two two meetings in, and um, when I got in there, um, it was, for me, it was intimidating um, because I didn't know anybody. I didn't think I was going to fit in. Um, I'm blessed with uh, lifelong friends now. I enjoy um, just, uh, just having uh, the companionship and seeing how each one of us work th- with the Lord's help um, going in, into this. But uh, once, once I kind of got comfortable... Um, I, I enjoy kids. Um, kids are a blessing to me. I think that, um, I I don't have too much patience for adults. (laughs) Um, I think that by the time you become an adult, you should know how to act. But I think as a child, you really need some, um, guidance. You need uh, a lot of pats on the back. You need a lot of love. Um, you need to, um, think at their level, not at your level and what your expectations are. Uh, the Lord really touched my heart. Um, it was amazing because when we got into the compound, I was just sharing this with uh, somebody that I work with today. Um, once we got into the compound, I didn't feel we were in Africa. Uh, there was just kids there, and it, the, the entire time that we were inside this compound, um, it, just, it, it, was, it was just like being in a school with kids with, with needs and the love and um, just just the joy that these uh, kids had with um, really nothing in their lives except Jesus, which is good. Um, but um, they, have, they have not want for nothing, and uh, they just love, they want to be loved. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of shy ones, and, um, but they soon came out of that too. Um, but um, uh, it was just blessed... Uh, you know, the Lord has reasons for everything, and the Lord brought me to this church. So the Lord brought me to Zambia, and the Lord brought me to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. How about you, Melissa? Um, yeah, I've had some really awesome opportunities in my life to to travel and to live abroad, and and I've just really encountered... I have to say, you're literally a world traveler. Um, like, you've lived... I outside just, the country for periods of time, and so you've been all over. Yeah, you know, my life has been a big surprise that way, that God's given me those chances. Um, so when I heard about going to Zambia, I um, I was really excited about it, because I just have 
experienced God and heard from God in a really cool way where I wherever I've gone, wherever I've gone to serve. Um, and especially this trip being about orphans, um, that really drew me in because I don't God's just really been growing my heart in the last five years for the vulnerable and for those living in poverty and and how that affects their lives. And so I was really drawn to go and serve orphans and to experience God's people in another culture. One of the key words you learn really quick, uh, if you're not prepared, you'll be prepared when you get there, is the word flexibility. Yes. And so uh, you head out on this trip, the flights, how long uh, to get there? 40 hours. Yeah, let's not 40 go 40 hours, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 24 hours in the air, 40 hours traveling. Yes, ahead. yes. And, it was and, legit. Yes, it was. <laughs> <didn't sugarcoat> that. <laughs> Not exaggerating. And so as you can imagine, you've got to make flights, and, and you miss a flight, and so you ended up staying in Livingston uh, for a night, and then heading... Johannesburg. Johannesburg. Johannesburg, that's right. In Johannesburg, uh, that was to Livingston, right? That was yep. the flight. Yeah. In Johannesburg. And so uh, you, you end up staying there a night, and you show up, so you're a day later than you thought you would be. Um, what is your impression? You get there. When do you get there, and what happens uh, as you as you show up on the compound? And I can call someone, or someone can jump right in. Well, I got to say that um, with with all the problems that arose, there was there's always a a good part of it's a, it's a learning experience. You know, if you truly truly believe in God, there you make the best of what you have. And the best thing we've talked about it as a group when we that that layover that we had um, that really refreshed us because if we would have got um, gotten to our location at, on that time schedule, I think we wouldn't have been as well um, well prepared. I guess mentally, uh, it gave us time just to kind of chill because a lot of things in that trip to that point um, was um, we ran into some issues. And uh, Krista and Blake did a phenomenal job keeping everything together, and um, it just it worked itself out to where uh, um, the problems that we had always seemed to be the right thing at 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 later on in life. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. I think I was struck by, oh my word, the kids were just so. When did you arrive? Did you arrive? What what time of day? It was, a, it was nighttime. It was a nighttime. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Like, do you it was like, it was like a day nighttime. here, day yeah. there? Yeah, I, get I, it. I don't. Yeah, I, okay, so it was nighttime. It was later. It was later in the day. I think we got into Livingston dark. at like two, maybe. Um, and it was when it was a drive down to Choma. Um, and so, but the kids were just. It was like we were celebrities. Yes. You know, they were so excited to see us, <laughs> and I can still hear them just screaming. Um, you know, in excitement. Um, Do you hear the kids or you hear Marty screaming? <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing Marty screaming, hello, we're here. <laughs> it was just, um, I don't know, it was just so exciting and just it's like, okay, we're here and they're so excited and now we can begin. So walk us through a little bit. So you're there. What, what were some of your first thoughts? Uh, you get there, and uh, you know the next day, the, the, there's all these kids. That you're there. What, what what sort of stuck out to you? We had a little play we had to put on. Okay, talk about that. <laughs> what, you had a little play you put on. Okay. Yes, we had prepared um, 
a little short Bible study skit okay. about Joseph and his family and how um, God can God used him and directed him even in adverse circumstances. So we all had our little parts, and uh, right, and we we had the opportunity to give the play because the Zambians love. Um, they love to welcome in a nice way. So it was the welcoming ceremony for us. Oh. And so they were going to have us there already and to present us, and so we had that opportunity then. But they love, they brought everyone in and introduced everyone, and they loved, they loved that. And Missy um, had very diligently gone around to Burger King and collected crowns. And then we found out after there, uh, I was so impressed, like seeing these children, their faces just lit up over these Burger King crowns. And then we got a little bit of the story. Blake, do you remember what it was that uh, that they normally do a special thing for the, the child who's done something during that week? They, that person gets a crown. Oh, and this, they all got crowns. And yes. They were so excited because they all got crowns. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. There's a great picture with the kids with the crowns on. So what did the week look like? So it starts out, you, you, do, you do this play, you share the story of Joseph. What happens throughout the week? Who would, who would like to? Well, we did a real variety of things. Um, we spent a lot of time just enjoying the kids, getting to know the kids. Um, they were very interested in, um, in us and you know the attention that we could give them. So... The orphanage really has a wonderful family feel. Um, the, it, it is a family. They're brothers and sisters to each other, and they've got aunties and uncles that are very committed to them, but they obviously really loved and craved our one-on-one attention. So we spent a lot of time with them coloring, scripture coloring pages, um, playing lots of football, um, not American football, but soccer. Um, yeah, we did a variety of things. Talk to me a little bit about, so I'm, I'm hearing stories firsthand from Krista, but not from you, uh, but the, the soccer balls. So oh, my goodness. Tell me a little bit about, about the soccer <laughs> balls can... and a couple, and, you know, playing soccer, because I, I, I heard that you, you guys got to work out. Yes. Okay, so t- talk to me about this a little bit. So Marty brought from Toth Sports, they donated soccer balls, pennies, and some other, and pumps and all that stuff. So we brought that over with us. And so get home from church on Sunday, we have our lunch, and then Marty brings out the soccer ball and pennies, and somehow Marty gets to be on the sidelines, <laughs> cheering everybody on, and somehow Dave and I get roped in to being goalies and actually playing. Not sure how we got the raw end of that deal. <laughs> After I let a few goals go by, though, they fired me. <laughs> I refused. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I got to win. Um, how many people were playing soccer? Oh, there was probably about 40 people on the yeah. field. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't a legitimate soccer no, I don't game. know much about soccer, but that's, that's more of a normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't the know soccer who, field was an obstacle course. Yes. Quite the, so. <laughs> the entire time you're there, they're, they got on one side of them, they've got a cinder brick, cinder brick wall that has holes and jagged edges to it. At one end, they've got a construction site that has Lord knows what on the ground around them. On the back, on the other side, they've got another cinder brick, cinder brick wall 
with barbed wire at the top. And on the other side, it's just open, but there's a water tower. There's the cement. Uh, wash bin. Wash bin. There's the gravel road. There's any number of debris. And soccer field's on a hill. So it's at a slant to begin with. And there's trees <laughs> in the middle of it. This sounds like soccer death match. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the first night, Chris and I had the same feeling of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we get roped in and we played soccer for probably two and a half hours. No, at maybe least, longer. At least. And so the the kids just they play soccer every chance they get. Every minute of every day they want to have the soccer ball. And so we gave them a brand new one, said let's just get it set up, go with it and have fun. And 2 days later we gave them another brand new one. And we got a picture of the two side by side. And the first one we gave them, you thought it was there for like a month. It was shot cuz and it wasn't abused. It they wasn't played not it. taken they care of. With it. They just love that thing fully. Wow. Like the, the edges are pulling apart on it. So, but yeah, they play soccer and I'm not good at soccer. <laughs> they play it all the time. It was really fun one day too. They brought their friends from the um, community into the compound to play with, right. play with the Americans. That's not what they call us, but <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember the name. Like, do you remember the, what, the, the, the Makua Makuas white people? White people, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, you won't be able to see them, but that, that's an accurate name for the group that went white people. <laughs> <laughs> that fits. That fits. What what what, what else uh, sort of sticks out? Uh, that was a, that was a story Chris had shared about the, the soccer and the soccer balls, and so um, I, that was sort of fresh in my mind. But what, what's another sort of story that you'd say uh, st- stood out in your mind as you as you think back? The first night when I got there, I, I heard singing, so I just took a walk, and um, it was in the girls' um, compound, uh, room where all the girls were located, and they were out there, and they were um, cooking their meal, and they were just singing, and it just, um, I know we're not supposed to cry in front of these, and I started crying. I mean, it was, it was the... The, the harmony and, and the love that these kids have is amazing, and so I asked him if I, I asked him if I could video them with my phone while they're singing, and you know they're all excited and stuff like that, and they were all praising God. All their songs were was, was praising God, you know, and they knew other songs, you know, um, they they because when I was talking to them, they know American. Um, uh, pop music and stuff like that. But when they were singing, um, it's, it's just, it brings tears to your eyes because there's the emotion that they show and, uh, take no offense, everybody, but at church here, you know, it's, everybody's kind of low key. Um, but they really, when you're, when we were in church, they go, they go 90 miles an hour. Um, they're loving the Lord and they're letting everybody know that they're loving the Lord. And that, that really, um, that, that touched me. It's making me feel like, you know, I mean, who needs to help here, me or them, <laughs> spiritually? Yeah. I'm talking yeah, about Yeah, seriously, just to piggyback on what Marty's saying, that the joy that the Zambians uh, express and live in is one of the most remarkable things to me. 
um, that I experienced. And it came out, as Marty said, you know, they would just break into song when we're coloring or playing board games. Somebody would just start singing and they would all join in and, you know, to make beautiful um, rhythms with, um, you know, like a pencil and a bottle and just, just, you know, their, their joy came out in music. And, yeah, one of my favorite memories is, you know, them singing worship songs that we sing here and to be able to sing with them and harmonize with them. That's that's one of my most precious memories from the trip. Now you're a singer. So for you to be able to sing I harmonize am, with them so makes that, sense. Oh, it was so if much I fun. If I did that it would be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they kind of looked at me. <laughs> yeah, 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 they would me too. But like, I know, I know you can't share all the stories, but you know, you know many of the stories behind the kids who are there, and so the fact that they have so little, is, especially compared to us, right? I mean, uh, there's no comparison to, to to what we have here in the states compared to what they have. But many of them come from difficult backgrounds, right? Yes, is that fair to say? It it is. Um, so in Zambia, there's orphans who have just one parent living. And then the double orphans are the um, two parents. Both parents are gone. Um, so many of the parents, if and usually it was the male that had passed away. So the wife is there to take care of children with no resources. And so then the children would be sent to the neighbor, you know, to the orphanage. And um, they still, many of them still go back to see their grandmothers or their mothers. But they choose to come. And live at the orphanage. Um, there's one case of um, so the two two of the dot, uh, sisters that um, are my um, sponsor children. Um, they chose to go back home with their mother, and it was basically to support their mother, who's struggling. And how old are they? Uh, Twenty one, and I believe blessing is. 12 or 13, uh, maybe 10 or 11, excuse me. Yep. So they make some hard choices, but um, they love and care for their families. But also school in, in Zambia is tuition-based. So for the, all of those children there, those families would not be able to afford school. So it was one way they could find that they could provide an education for their child to, you know, every generation hopes to better the next. And you have to really respect the Zambians who say, go live away from me, you know, for 12 years. And then, because when a child comes to the orphanage, they have to sign an agreement that they are there until they're a certain age. They they can't do yin and yang. Okay, they're not on. allowed to do that. That is wrong for the child. So the parents agree to that, and um, you would never know it. The children are happy, and content, and well taken care of. We're gonna um, close this podcast, and I want to come back for the next next week. At that podcast, there's a story that Chris just shared about a family. Um, that I want you guys to talk to about with me um, as we come back. And so um, 
I want to invite you to join in with us next week as we continue this conversation with the Zambia Mission Team. And uh, I again, thank you so much for being a part of this this podcast and for being a part of next week's podcast as well. Uh, for those of you who are listening, I uh, hope you will join us next week and uh, be able to hear more about what's happening in Children's Nest in Zambia. Uh, remember to check out crosswinds.church. You can communicate with us there. You can also find out about this podcast or Crosswinds Church at crosswinds.church. For now, Now, be blessed and bless others. Mm